Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. You can find us at www.hisheartline.com. With God at the driver's seat, I am Jason, your co-host. You're listening to 1% or less with him. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. I am Jason. I am the co-host, as you all have heard, with Jesus Christ and God and the driver's seat. They are the ones at the wheel. They're the ones piloting the ship. You know, ever since I gave over complete control over to God, I will say it has been one crazy ride. You know, you'd think that with turning over the the keys, right, if you will, and, and just giving Jesus the wheel, right? Jesus, take the wheel kind of thing, right? You would think that, ah, Jesus, he's going to drive so easy. He's going to be like a grandma on a Sunday going to church. He's going to just drive very chill. He's not going to go above the speed limit. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no. That is not how that works in my life, it seems. It seems like the minute I gave Jesus the keys and let him take over the wheel, <laughs> it's been a wild ride. He's taking this thing that we call life off roading. I mean, he has taken me off the beaten path, right? Like straight up, not even kidding. I mean, it's just, it's been a wild ride and I like it because I don't mind wild rides. Well, now that we have gotten through the book of John, I want to switch things up a little bit. And before I uh, get into my chapter a day here, um, I kind of wanted to just kind of discuss that. I think what I, I, I want to find different ways to engage with everybody out here and to give good, rich content, uh, not just co- any old content. I want it to be meaningful content because at the end of the day, the podcast is meant to spread the good word of God and Jesus Christ. That's the first objective. Everything else is secondary. No matter what it is I'm talking about, from the assemblies to uh, whatever the topic of discussion may be, the first priority is eyes at the cross, God first. And what I plan on doing, I was talking to a gentleman today who uh, I have the privilege of being friends with and that I know his name is Aaron. I won't give out his last name just for anonymity purposes. And he and two other gentlemen that haul fuel with me, um, not with me, but, you know, we're all in the fuel hauling industry. Uh, Those three gentlemen that I'm talking about, they all go to the same church much further away from where I live. And they're a different religion. I I, I forgot what uh, denominational church is, but it doesn't matter. Like, I grew up Catholic and I read out of a Catholic Bible. Um you know, and they read out of a different version of the of the Bible as well. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we all have one common commonality, and that is we are rooted with Christ in our heart. You know, we just had our priest over too for dinner. Um, we like him a lot. And I think my wife was having a little bit of anxiety because I kept saying leading up to tonight, all throughout last week, I'm like, oh, I so cannot wait till 
He comes over for dinner. I got so many questions I'm going to ask him. I got so many holes I got to poke. I mean, listen, I grew up Catholic. And yes, I will still consider myself Catholic. But I still poke a lot of holes in the Catholic faith. Make no mistake. And when I say poke holes, not in a, in a very damaging and, you know, attacking kind of way. I poke holes in everything. I'll poke holes in the Baptist, the Protestant faith, everything. Mormons, I don't care. I want to understand why do we have so many religions, for one. For two, if the most important thing is Christ and God at the top, why is there so I mean, I asked all these questions. Anyway, I'm not going to get into the details because, again, this is 1% or less with him. We need to keep this at 15 minutes or less. And without going into a real long, drawn-out discussion, I just like to ask questions, and I implore all of you to do the same thing. So today we're going to be reading out of the book of Nehemiah, and I and it's going to be chapter five. I really find that to be really relevant with what we have been kind of seeing in our world in present day. And the subtitle of this is Social and Economic Problems. And it reads, Then they rose a great outcry of the people and their wives against certain of their Jewish kindred. Some said, We are forced to pawn our sons and daughters in order to get grain to eat that we may live. And others have said, We are forced to pawn our fields, our vineyards, and our houses so that we may have grain during a famine. Still others said, To pay the king's tax, we have borrowed money on our fields and vineyards. And though these are our own kindred and our own children are as good as theirs, we have had to reduce our sons and daughters to slavery, and violence has been done to some of our daughters. Yet we can do nothing about it, for our fields and our vineyards belong to others. I was extremely angry when I had heard the reasons for their complaint. After some deliberation, I called the nobles and magistrates to account, saying to them, You are exacting interest from your own kindred. I then rebuked them severely, saying to them, As far as we were able... We brought back our Jewish kindred who had been sold to Gentiles. You, however, are selling your own kindred to have them brought back by us. They remained silent for they could not find no answer. I continued, what you are doing is not good. Should you not conduct yourselves out of fear of our God rather than fear of repro reproach of our Gentile enemies? I myself, my kindred and my attendants have lent the people money and grain without charge. Let us put an end to this usury. Return to them this very day their fields, vineyards, olive groves, and houses together with the interest on the money, the grain, the wine, and the oil that you have lent them. They answered and said, We will return everything and exact nothing further from them. We will do just what you asked. Then I called for the priests to administer an oath to them that they would do as they had promised. I shook out the folds of my garment, saying, Thus may God shake from home and fortune every man who fails to keep this promise, and may he thus be shaken out and be emptied. And the whole assembly answered, Amen, and praised the Lord. Then the people did as they had promised. Moreover, from that time, the, that king, Artaxerxes, oh boy, that's a weird, that's a crazy word, Artaxerxes, hopefully I pronounced that right, appointed me governor in the land of Judah from his twentieth, from his twentieth to his thirty-second year. During these twelve years, neither I nor my kindred lived off the governor's food allowance, 
the earlier governors, my predecessors, had laid a heavy burden on the people, taking from them each day 40 silver shekels for their food, then to their attendants oppressed the people. But I, because I feared God, did not do this. In addition, though, I had acquired no land on my own. I did my part in this work on the wall, and all my attendants were gathered there for the work. Though I set my table for a hundred and fifty persons, Jews and magistrates, as well as neighboring Gentiles who came to us, and though the daily preparations were made at my expense, one ox, six choice sheep, poultry, besides all kinds of wine in abundance, every ten days, despite this I did not claim the governor's allowance, for the labor lay heavy upon this people. Keep in mind, my God, to my credit, all that I did for this people. And that, I want to say, concludes, yes it does, concludes the reading of chapter 5. You know, this is so relevant relevant for today because, you know, again, with these social and economic problems that are discussed here in this chapter, we very, we see the same exact thing right now. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if you look at it right here, it, where it says, Then there arose a great outcry of the people and their wives against certain of their Jewish kindred. Some said, We are forced to pawn our sons and daughters in order to get grain to eat that we may live. Others said, We are forced to pawn our fields, our vineyards, and our houses that we may have grain during famine. And still others said, To pay the king's tax, we have borrowed money on our fields and vineyards. You know, this, I will tell you right now, this a lot of this sounds like the... Federal Reserve, okay, which is owned privately, the central bank. You know, this, this system, this money system that they have created since the early 1900s has been designed to enslave us, much like what we're reading right here in Nehemiah. Now, again, I'm going to make this, I'm going to make this very clear. I am not a Bible scholar. I am not a priest. I'm not a pastor. I am not, you know, a theologian. I am a man of God who reads the Bible to try to make sense of what I'm reading, to try to understand, which is why I had a thousand questions. Yes, that's exaggeratory, but I had at least a dozen questions for my priest this, this evening. And, and for the sake of time, I'm not going to get into all the questions. But we had a nice discussion, and quite frankly, my wife was dreading it because she thought it was going to be a lot worse. Oh, how should I say this? I don't want to make it sound bad. <laughs> she knows how passionate I can get, and she thought I would be argumentative, and I would never do that, not with our priest. I like our priest. I think our priest is excellent. And, and that's why we still, I, and I'll be honest with you, I haven't been to church in a while. I haven't been to Mass. And I brought up a lot of questions. For example, like a lot of the churches, including the one that he is a priest of. And I was talking about the 501c3 model and how, you know, I was bringing up questions about how it kind of, in a way, puts a chokehold on a lot of the churches because it, like, prevents them from preaching certain things. And though he had a very good answer, believe it or not, and I'm sure, you know, and listen, I, there's a, you know, there, there anybody can make up good answers. Now, I'm not saying that the answer that he gave me about the 501c3 in the church was you know, BS. I'm not saying that. But what I am going to say is that, you know, there are multiple sides to different to the to the same story. And I want to I've gathered sides of one, you know, gathered, you know, the, the outlook of one side and I'm trying to gather the outlook of another. 
And I'm just trying to just piece things together. I'm just trying to figure this whole thing out because, you know, we have so many different religions. We have so many different Bible uh, uh, versions, right? You know, the, we, it just, and what I asked, and that was like another question I asked. And I'm like, it seems like, anyway, we're getting off topic. Back to Nehemiah. Uh, just, you know, it, I ask a lot of questions. You know, back to Nehemiah. One thing that I underlined that I really thought was amazing, where he says, you know, moreover, the king appointed me governor in the land of Judah from his 20th to 32nd year. And during these 12 years, neither I nor my kindred lived in the governor's, off the governor's food allowance. The earlier governors, my predecessors, had laid heavy burdens on the people, taking from them each day 40 silver shekels for their food. And and then, too, their attendants oppressed the people. I mean, this is exactly what we're seeing in our nation right now. We are seeing this in present day. And though you may not, a lot of people may not see it because there's a lot of people that are still asleep. But here's here's the point I'm making. Whether you are awake to the fact of it or not, like it or not, we are a part of a slavery debt system. It's very, very parallel and has many commonalities. And I can just really salute him in this in this passage where he did not take payment of living off of the governor's food allowance, him or his kindred, his family, right? Because he knew the burden that the people had already had on their shoulders from their from his predecessors. He knew and, and he didn't feel right taking that compensation. That is a leader. That is someone we need in this nation in present day. That's what we need. And we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I tell you, the more I dig in the scriptures in the Bible, the more questions I begin to have. And more questions are fine. It's okay to have questions, and it's okay not to understand everything. There are some things, even in that chapter I just read, there are a few things that I still don't understand. But that is why we continue to put at least 1% of our day to reading a chapter a day every day. And if not reading, listening to a chapter a day every day. And just make this a daily habit. Before you know it, by the time you get to the end of your life, assuming you live up to about 80, 90 years old, you probably have heard the Bible probably 30 or 40 different times from start to end. Or more, I don't know. But here, what what am I saying? You're not going to understand it all. I don't. But dig into it daily. Pray daily. Ask for discernment. Ask for understanding. Ask for wisdom and knowledge. God will answer. That's all I have for today. Thank you for joining us at 1% or less with him. And this is Jason. And we're going to close this out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so very much for this time together. I appreciate the time that you allowed us with our priest and the questions that I was able to ask him. I continue to ask you, Father, 
that you help me continuously discern what I come across in the Bible and teachings of others, spiritual leaders, and people of that nature. And I ask for the same thing with those that are listening in right now, that anybody listening to this will get discernment as well and proper guidance from you. We thank you so very much for our good health and thank you for basic things that we often take for granted, like our motor skills, the gift of sight and smell and taste and hearing and touching, the gift of love and marriage and companionship with friends. Thank you for all of that. Because everyone here are friends not only of you, but friends of me. I appreciate every single soul here tonight. I pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. That is it. And we'll see you tomorrow with another 1% or less with him. Have a good night and God bless. Thank you again for joining us here at His Heart Line. You just listened to 1% or less with him. Don't forget you can find us at www.hisheartline.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Have a blessed day.